Last week we began a, a new series called Bless This Home, and we will end it actually on the 4th of June, which will be parent and baby, baby dedication uh, Sunday. And we are kind of walking through this together, and what we're doing is we're taking a look at some of the Beatitudes that Christ mentioned on his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And Beatitudes we learned last week are just eight characteristics that were given in Matthew chapter 5 of those who are extremely blessed by God. Not just happy, not things are working out well, but extraordinarily blessed by God. And last week we talked about those that hunger and thirst after righteousness and making changes in our lives and in our families to make Christ not just part of our home, but the center of it. And this week, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says this. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What a statement, pure in heart. Now, the word heart here is the Greek word cardia, where we get cardiac. So it deals physically like with a heart, but it's used here in Matthew as a metaphor for your inner self, where your, where your emotions come from, and those where your, your feelings are coming from. So what Christ is saying here, he says, he says, you need to focus on having a pure inner self, and you'll see God. And the reason we have to draw attention to it is because it's not a natural thing. And there are a lot of forces out there that will influence you and influence your family for the negative. We have a spiritual enemy who wants to steal the hearts of your family and steal the hearts of your children, and we have to protect against that. We're really good at locking doors, right? Arming ourselves. Barbed wire around our daughter's rooms. Life 360 on our phones. We're good at protecting our family like that. But what I'd like to do is give some attention this morning to protecting our family spiritually and create an environment that would foster pure hearts in us and in our children and in our families because you have to be very proactive in protecting purity because here's the truth, without Christ... There is no such thing as a pure heart. And I know this goes against conventional wisdom, right? Babies are so pure, and they're so innocent, and they're so sweet. Well, then who taught them how to lie? Who taught them how to be selfish? My toy. That comes from within. The psalmist said, in the book of Psalms, he said, In sin did my mother conceive me. Like, it's been in me from the very beginning. And I know we got sweet babies, and I don't believe that any of this applies to my grandchild. (laughs) I'm just saying this is a general truth, not specific. But there is something on the inside of us that we're born with called a sin nature. And it's just with us. we, We got it from Adam. It is who we are. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
Who can know it? Paul, the great missionary in the New Testament, wrote a book back to the church of Ephesus. And he said this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. He said, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. You get this idea that, that you, can, you can be walking in the darkness and not even know it. You don't even know what you don't know. You don't even know what you're missing. And we can live our whole life apart from Christ and not even know what we're missing without that relationship. It's like, you know, when you walk into a theater, your, your eyes have to adjust to the dim lighting. And then you get used to it. And then you walk outside and it's all bright. It's like you're, you, you don't even realize how dark it actually was. We would never intentionally hurt our family or do anything to hurt our children. I mean, if the milk was curdled in the bottle, you wouldn't go ahead and give it to the baby, right? I mean, it's like you wouldn't put steak knives in the toy chest. You're just, you're, you're not going to, most of you wouldn't. I can't speak. I, some of you, I wonder. But it, there's just, there's, there's things that you, you would do to protect your children, right? And you wouldn't intentionally do anything to harm your kiddos, but you have no problem your 15-year-old going on a date with a boy that you've never met. Or giving your 13-year-old a smartphone where they can access the internet and have apps on there that would, would curl your nose hairs if you knew what was potentially on that phone. And there's no restrictions, there's no anything. It's like we would never intentionally do anything to harm our children, but we don't think about the potential spiritual harm and the damage that can happen to them inside if we're not proactively parenting towards purity. As we learned last week, we don't want to be satisfied with just being a Christian home where Jesus is kind of like a part of everything we do. We punch our time clock on Sunday but he has no effect on our lives on Monday. We don't want to be just a Christian family. We want to be a Christ-centered home to where our lives revolve around him and what he thinks, and, and he actually has a huge influence on our behavior in the home and at work and at school, not just at church. I believe you're good people. I really do. I believe that you have good intent. I mean, you're in church this morning. But this is, not, this is where you learn. This is not where you live. And we need a faith that is a Monday faith, not just a Sunday faith. We need something that, that makes you somebody on Tuesday that's shining a light. Because too many people are happy with, with just playing church on Sunday and then living however they want throughout the rest of the week. So how does this happen? Like how do you, <laughs> how do you begin to affect change in your family? David, in the book of Psalms, very transparent book of the Bible. If you know much about Psalms, it was like these were, these were songs that were sung by the, by the Jewish people and their 
There's songs of celebration. There's songs of, of uh, worshiping God. And then there's some that, that David is just in dismay. There's so much transparency in, in how the authors of the songs felt. And here he is asking a great question in Psalm 119. He says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Now, if you want to put that in maybe more modern-day verbiage, it might read something like this. How does a young man stay on a path of purity? How do you go through your high school years and have a pure mind? That's tough today because we have access to so much. So how will a young man stay on a path to purity? The Bible says this, by taking heed thereto, According to your word. And then David says this. With my whole heart have I sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. So how do you keep your family on a pathway of purity? Let's kind of rewrite this as though, as though it was our family we were talking about. So, so how can my family stay on a pathway of purity? By living according to your word. We will seek you with all of our hearts. Don't let us stray from your commandments. Do you see the intentionality there? That takes some work. What is it, what is, what is, how does God feel about this? What are the principles that I need to live under? And how should I model my life with my family? Because here's the truth. You don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. So we live in this permissive society where, well, I mean, I can do whatever I want, right? Well, of course you can, to an extent. If you want to reap a righteous life and you want to look at kids that are honoring God with their life, who are making the right decisions that don't have the pain and suffering associated with wrong choices, You have to plant purity now. If that's what you want to see, you can't wing it because this doesn't happen on accident. You're not going to wake up one day and go, whoops, look at there. Everything turned out great. I wonder how that happened. It takes work. It takes intentionality. It takes a plan. It takes purpose. So how do we create this culture of purity in our homes When our families have already gotten used to living in the darkness. Here's just a few things. How to help your family stay on a pathway of purity. First of all, get your own heart right. That's where it starts. You're like, (laughs) Eric, you, you just, man, if you knew my background, I don't need to know your background. I know this, that Jesus paid it all. Right? Jesus paid it all. He paid for every mistake you ever made, everything you, that wasn't a mistake that you did on purpose. He paid for that too. Jesus paid it all. And so we all have the same opportunity to live a life that honors him. And this idea of purity is not a punishment. Just like, <laughs> you know, I, I realize the Bible has rules in it. And there are, there are commandments that, that were in the Old Testament, and, there's, and Jesus kind of took it to another level in the New Testament. But it's like, I understand 
that looking at that, it seems countercultural because of where we live and who we live uh, with and, and what this kind of society we're in. But you understand the purpose of all of that is to give you a life that is full of blessing, to give you a blessed life. The reason the Bible says don't covet your neighbor's wife is it's just not going to turn out well. It's not like he's trying to keep you from stuff. He just knows that if you do that, it's just not going to turn out well. And so the rules that, that we want to place ourselves under and the, and the guidelines that we want to live by, there, there's intentionality behind it to get us to live this life that not only honors God, but that gives us a life of blessing. Blessed are the pure in heart. They live a blessed life, for they shall see God. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, wrote a book called Proverbs. There were other contributors to that book. But in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 37, he said this. He said, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. All the decisions you make are going to come out of what's in your heart. So make sure you are keeping, that you are guarding your heart. And as a, as a parent, you have to start with your own heart. And that's what leads the way for your family. So, Derek, you just have no idea. I've allowed too many things. I don't know how I can backtrack. Listen, I get it. But here, here's the encouraging thing. You can start where you are. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's, not, it's, like, it's like wherever you are, that's where God wants to start with you. And so it's just like going to the doctor and you're like, I mean, I got, you know, I don't know what my problem is. I'm not feeling good, whatever. He, he'll begin to identify the most critical items first. We need to work on this. And then you work on this. So just start where you are. And then we eventually we'll get to this, this, and this, and this. But this is what's causing all of this to happen. So let's fix this. So start where you are. But you've got to start with you. And here's the thing. Maybe you're a grandparent. Maybe you don't have any kids. Maybe you're single. Please understand that every bit of this applies to you. Because you need to start with you. Start with your own heart. Ask God, all right? What does my life need to look like? You know, what, where do I start, God? What, and here's the, here's the beautiful thing. He's dying to have a conversation with you. He, he so wants what is good for you and what is best for you, and he wants to influence your life. And he so wants to be a part of blessing who you are and your family. It's not hard. It's a conversation. He talks to you through his word. You talk to him through prayer. And there's all kinds of ways for that to happen. You could do it in your car. You could do it in your favorite chair. You can do it while you're walking around. You can, you can have this relationship with the Lord, but start with your own heart. You say, well, Eric, that, may, that, that thing may bother you, but it doesn't bother me. Okay, well, number one, maybe it should. But number two, so that's not the thing God's working on you about. 
Our, <laughs> we all have individual relationships with Jesus Christ. And I believe that there are some non-negotiables with Christ, okay? But there are some things that, that are not a priority to be, for him to be working on you about right now. But that might be what he wants to work on me about. But get your own heart right. Second of all, in helping your family stay on a path of purity, parent to the heart. Now, most parents parent to the actions. And they want this outward conformity. But Jesus told us, Okay, so in the Old Testament, you had, thou shalt not kill, okay? In the New Testament, Jesus says, you've heard that you shouldn't kill. I'm telling you that if you hate your brother, you've committed that sin. The Old Testament said, don't commit adultery. Jesus said, if you think it, You've committed it. Wow. So what Jesus is saying is we want to focus on what's in the heart because what's in the heart is going to eventually come out and produce the action. So um, Samuel was was one of the most famous uh, prophets of God in the life of the Jewish people. And he ordained the first, if you will. He anointed the very first king. And then he goes to anoint another king. And he's looking for who this guy is. And God is directing him to who the next king of Israel is going to be. And he says this in 1 Samuel chapter 16. He said, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Jesus carried that in in the New Testament. And he's talking to the Pharisees who were rule keepers. They knew the law. They had perfected what it looks like to look spiritual. And he said, all you've done is clean the outside of the cup. But the inside of the cup is rotten. But that's what you drink out of. So Jesus was trying to encourage them, don't just clean the outside. Work on the inside. Clean the inside of the cup. Outward submission is easy, right? But it often is. There's often inward rebellion going on. So like, go apologize to your brother. I'm sorry, stupid idiot. Yeah, that didn't sound like it came from the heart. You know, it's like... um, Okay, well, they did what I said, but it, yeah, it's not, that's not what we were going for there. You know, you keep the kid from doing something and they slam the door. They have outward conformity, but there's nothing, there's no inward submission. There's, there's, so a lot of times outward conformity happens the same time that there's actually inward rebellion going on. So what you have to do is parent to the heart, develop the relationship, and get them to change from the inside out. Because right actions come from having the right heart. 
And I don't know where you are on that, but I know for, for my family, I love my girls. And they know that I love them. And if they felt like they hurt me somehow, I think that would crush them more than if I took them in and gave them a whooping. Because we just have that kind of relationship. And that may not be where you are, but let's, let's focus on what's happening on the inside, not just trying to get outward conformity, is what I'm saying. Parent to the heart. And then thirdly and lastly is this, pursue purity of the heart. And I say that intentionally because this is, this is a progress. It, it's, like, it's like it's a journey. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a constant process of purity. Because here's the truth. Anything less than perfect purity is impurity. If there's one drop of poison in the cup, it's impure. If there's a little bit of poop in the brownie, it's inedible for most of you. That's a horrible illustration, but it's incredibly effective, (laughs) right? It's like how much impurity is okay? How many cuss words are all right? How many nude scenes are okay? I mean, it just, you know, I mean, how, then that's, that's, there's got to be a line somewhere is what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to plow too deep and I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just... There has to be a conversation about what we will allow and what we won't allow. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, the same Paul is writing to the same church a little bit later on in that, in that book. He says this, But fornication and, unclean, and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. He said there should not even be a hint of that among you. Not the littlest bit. So where do you draw the line? Where do you draw it? I know this. That if you have a conversation with the Lord, he'll communicate that to you. And, it may, and I can promise you this, it's going to be different for you than it is for me. And if I'm trying to foster purity in my family, and I want my kids to grow up to live righteously and to honor God, and I have to plant the seeds of purity in my family now. And you can start wherever you are that journey. But what if you feel like, I've already blown it. Like I've all, <laughs> that ship sailed, Eric. You have a couple options. You can become very defensive. And you don't know me, and I don't. I get it. You can become discouraged and want to give up. You can become hard-hearted, the Bible says. Or you can start where you are. And you can read a verse like this verse in a new light. In Ezekiel chapter 36, says this, A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put in you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Jesus said, I mean, I mean God's saying, I can soften your heart up. Give you a new one. I can give you a new one. So it's never too late to start where you are. 
and become who God wants you to be becoming. Let's pray. Father, we are <laughs> uh, we are so far off the mark. We understand that you paid it all, and we understand that as we live a life in relationship with you, that changes need to be made. So help us not to be discouraged, but help us to be resolute. We are going to make choices for ourselves and our family that would honor God and that would plant the seeds of purity that would yield a harvest of righteousness that we could enjoy the blessed life. We do ask you to bless our homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.